0: I am live in studio on the air. Last week, of course, we were preempted by uh, hockey. Uh, and in the next couple of weeks, there'll be some Argos football, and I'll be starting a little bit later. So you need, like, flowcharts, you know, to follow the schedule. But if you look hard enough, you'll find it. It requires perseverance and patience, but anything worth having requires those things. Uh, and as always, check out the website, com. You can also get to it through uh, 640toronto.com. And that will give you the heads up on uh, when I'm on. Again, sometimes I'm starting a little bit later. Who's coming up on the program? Who was on last week and the week prior? And uh, also, uh, a special hello to those listening on the, uh, the free podcast, which you can subscribe to at com. All right. Now that we've taken care of a little uh, administrative work, Time to cut through the crap, ladies and gentlemen. Cut through the fog and, uh, the headlines. And we're going to discuss the shadowy figures behind history, really. The managers who stage manage events. The script writers, if you will, that are so-called leaders follow to a T. If they get off the script, of course, uh, then they're written out of the script, if you get my meaning. Alan Watt has been studying these shadowy figures for many, many years. He is an expert in ancient religion, ancient civilizations, the occult groups which managed them, and uh, he's the author of a number of books, uh, the Cutting Through Book Series, Volumes One, Two, and Three. You can read all about it on a uh, an amazing website he has called Cutting Through The Matrix dot com. A great delight to welcome to the program, Alan Watt. Hello, Alan. Welcome to AM six forty.
1: Hi, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah.
0: I uh, I've received probably about two dozen emails over the last uh, month and a half uh, asking specifically for you. I mean, I get I get hundreds of emails, but when I get you know. A number of that size asking to get Alan Watt on the program. Well, then, you know, I I uh, I roll up my sleeves and I get it done. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, Alan, I hope you won't uh, take this question in the wrong way, but uh, uh, what is a, a gentleman like yourself doing in a town like Sudbury? And I don't, I don't. Oh. I, I mean, I, I would expect to find you someone like in London or New York. No,
1: no, uh, I've, I've been to those places, and uh, I couldn't stand London at all. Uh, that's too crowded for me, yeah. All yeah. right. But I'm not inside Sudbury. I'm just outside of it. Ah, Yeah. okay. The, uh, the suburbs of Sudbury. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know another interesting uh, um, hotbed of dissent uh, and radical thinking is Winnipeg. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. I, uh, do you know Henry Mackel.
1: No, I've, he- I've, heard I've heard of him. Yeah,
0: yeah Henry's uh, the creator of Scruples, has an amazing uh, website uh, called com. Henry was in town. Uh, and henry's a he's a renegade he's a subversive uh, character he got fired from the University of Winnipeg for for teaching his particular brand his take on world events mm-hmm. and uh you know I was sitting down for coffee at uh France here across the street uh, and from time to time, I get kind of down doing this kind of program i mm-hmm. mean there is the cynicism that goes with sort of sifting through world events and and uh and and it's kind of a can be kind of a pessimistic uh, world view how, and I was asking Henry, you know how do you deal with being the social pariah and all that how do you, how do you deal uh knowing what you know Alan, how do you deal with uh with cynicism and and your own you know pessimism when you look at the world today
1: uh i, I think it's you deal with it by coming through the understanding of just how bad it is because it really is pretty bad uh not by a happenstance either it's it's planned that way. Uh, that 's what really um, uh, really gets you is when you realize you catch on to the fact that nothing happens in history on a major scale unless it 's planned
0: well that, that makes it worse because if if things are just sort of if, if it 's serendipity or happenstance then yeah. you know tomorrow the sun is, a, is a, it will rise, but it 's a brand new day, mm-hmm. and things could shake out entirely different but this stuff i mean there 's a script here yeah. it 's been going on for thousands of years, and so we 're locked into this, so that makes it even more. Uh, a more cynical game and, and, and I mean, for those people that sleep well at night And you know, they're, they're uh, I think Woody Allen used the line Their values are God and carpeting you know, they just That's sort of, right <laughs> They just sort of skim across the surface of
1: life They always get a good night's sleep mm-hmm.
0: But you know, I mean, yeah. you drill down and
1: you know that there's a script here
0: So that makes it worse
1: Yeah, but I've uh, sort of grown up seeing it And understanding it even uh, when I was young and watching the events unfold and and watching the adults around me as I grew up who seemed oblivious to it even then Um, I saw the European Union come into view long before um, anybody else woke up to it really in in the public and uh, I see the same thing happening here, of course. I've known it for years. And in all events, it's a, it's a done deal, that type of thing. And it was planned because nothing happens with bureaucrats uh, that happens in an instant. It takes years and years of uh, negotiations and signatures and, and, and so on. So we're living a script, really. And uh, it's a, as you say, it's a very, very old one.
0: Alan Watt, my guest, cutting through the matrix.com. I uh, highly recommend you log on to that site, www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and uh, Alan is with us tonight. We'll open up the phone lines as well at 416-870-6400 or star 640 on sale. I know a great many of you have been anticipating Alan coming on the program, and I'm delighted to, uh, to have him here with us tonight. What page on the script are we on, uh, Alan? Are we in the third act? Is this the epilogue, or where are we? Uh,
1: this is the never-ending story. That's what it means. Uh, we're, all, we're at the final phase of the world transition into the true global society and a planned society. You've heard of family planning, now it's, it's global planning. Uh, and Which means that the future that's coming into view is to be run by experts where no one will be born without a function eventually. Um, and of course, genetic engineering is coming in play big time. That's why the rush has been on for so many years towards this agenda. Uh, they plan to to create new types of um, slaves, you might say.
0: Uh, yeah, slaves. You know, it it's for some people it's difficult for them to wrap their heads around that term uh, used in, the, in in the context of the 21st century. But I mm. would say, you know, yeah, we are slaves, but we're we're our, our cage is very clean and well appointed. But we're we're slaves nonetheless, and that's that's the trick, isn't it? It's, it's the fur-lined trap. You keep the slave happy
1: down on the farm, and that's what they've done. Uh, yeah, there was Charles Galton Darwin, who was a, a physicist. Grand, uh, he, the grandson of Joe Charles Darwin. Darwin. Yeah, he put a book out um, called The Next Million Years back in the 1950s, about 56 or so, and it was um, he, he spoke on behalf of the the elite. And he basically mandated the need to start uh, reducing the population of the commoners drastically.
0: The useless eaters.
1: The useless eaters. And he also said, he said, there has always existed in civilization slavery in a form, one form or another, and we are simply creating a new, more sophisticated form of slavery. And that is basically where we are today. Uh, we are self-maintained slaves. Um, maintained
0: and self-medicated
1: Yeah, and everyone works for the government, really And that's what they even say in the federal government Because I know a few of them in there uh, We all work for the government We, we buy our clothes we, we feed ourselves by vehicles to get to work um, So, yeah, we are self-maintained slaves
0: it's uh, Alan Watt, my guest, and uh, the website com and the Cutting Through book series, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. Just
1: uh, go through the titles of the of the three volumes, if you would, Alan. Well, I go through the, the... It's not so much titles as such. I actually wrote these books to go with the whole series I did on ancient history up to the present. And um, I go through the occult societies that always existed uh, that changed their names and forms, like chameleons up to the present time, I go through the agenda, including um, the new type of man that's to be created that's neither quite male nor female, which was discussed even in ancient times. And the American Psychiatric Association even had a, uh, a huge conference on this thing, that to create world peace did have to create a new type of human being, a, a form of hermaphrodite. And it's strange how this ties into the occult and the hermaphroditic figure being the perfect being uh, of ancient times.
0: Well, that's, that's an interesting an interesting area, sort of uh, the uh, androgyny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's something, if, if you're not hip to uh, the Henry Macko. Uh, his website, Saving the Males, I mean, he really talks about, uh, uh, just that exact thing, mm-hmm. uh, and, and how, you know, how man has really been, um, sort of stripped of his identity. Right? Yeah, yes. I mean, we are, we are hunters, we are protectors of women, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, uh, yet in this mechanized, uh, uh, world, we have no real role. We are useless eaters, quickly becoming so. And yeah. it really stripped of our independence, as, you, as I know you, you you talk about and write about, um, we, we can no longer really fend for ourselves, grow our own
1: food. We've lost mm-hmm. the, uh, we've lost most of our our, our skills. We have uh, initially thousands of thousands of years ago, uh, there were tribal societies. And most of the information we have about them comes from uh, the Romans who came into Europe. And um, it explains an awful lot when you understand how society worked as opposed to the present day, why things don't work, um, right down to the man and the woman in the, in the, the single home. Uh, in tribal situations, uh the women lived in the center of the tribes, and they brought up the, the children communally and really uh, the women picked their mates when they wanted them and they had many different ones um... there was no such thing as a possession of uh, another person and along came uh, eventually the, the Catholic Church when it came into Europe and uh, the first law that it passed was marriage with one partner for life and that was the kickoff of the agenda and along with that came the money system as well which hadn't existed before and um and that's what they call civilization civilization to the elite means the beginning or the birth of their system of money commerce uh, and getting the public to work towards uh, particular goals along the way and they they called it the great work 4500 uh, bc
0: yeah the, the the planning i mean uh, you talked about uh, charles uh Called Darwin, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the book was the next million years. It,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, th- these, and we talk about you know uh, when we read about Stalin's five-year plans, but the New mm. World Order. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're looking at you know they're they're taking a hundred-year swap. Yeah. They really. Yeah. You know, we're gonna we're gonna break for the news here in a minute, but when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit about about how long uh, this. Uh, this plan for uh, the global society and the new man the new slave or the new world order uh, has been around and uh, who some of the principles uh, principal architects uh, are uh, and also uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, when we talk about the conspiracy you know it's it's kind of a of an onion, you know, when you peel away the layers and eventually mm-hmm. you, you find that there's no, oftentimes, there's no real center there. All you're left with yeah. is a pile of onion
2: skin.
1: It's the glass onion, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll touch on, uh, well, this and much, much more. Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix on The Richard Serrett Show here on AM 640 Toronto Radio. News is next. Stay with us. Through the Matrix, Alan Watt, my guest, on the line, 4168706400. Uh, Alan, before the break, uh, I wanted to talk about these uh, long term planning uh, to achieve uh, globalization or the, the aims of the New World Order. Uh, now, when I think of the, the objectives uh, of, of the New World Order to uh, destroy the nation state, uh, to enslave mankind, to depopulate, but the genesis of this goes i mean it predates the the concept of a nation state mm-hmm. so yeah. i mean how has their ag- agenda evolved and changed and, and uh give, give us a sense of when this started and, and uh, as jerry seinfeld would say
3: who are these people
1: mm-hmm. well we know that most of the the major players that were either trained in ancient egypt in history the major players in history uh the, the greek philosophers Um, And we know too that that, uh, they sent out these philosophers to become revolutionaries when they were sent back home. And they would uh, have their education in Egypt, go back to Greece or or one of the Greek colonies. And uh, they would start schools up and bring the young people in, especially uh, nobility, young nobility. And they would swear them to secrecy and silence for the first two or three years and they gradually initiate them up the orders until they were in the higher ranks. They brought women in too and trained them to be the perfect uh, wives for high officials. And they would send them off to marry different people uh, in officialdom. And then they would persuade their husbands to start changing policies, etc. And this was the reason that Socrates actually was... Uh, Um, tried and convicted of causing sedition for training the youth, subverting the youth to cause revolution and we find that uh, two of his students uh, Plato and uh, Aristotle vamoost for a while and got out of town. Uh, while this was going on, they were rounding up all the, the higher members. And it wasn't for years later that he came back and started the same thing over again.
0: But for those of us who are not as as well versed in, in in history as you are, uh, what was the old order? What was the order they were trying to? uh overthrow and, and what
1: was their agenda their agenda stems from uh, Egypt uh, the system in Egypt is a strange, it's actually a socialist system they had there where everyone from, down from the, the pharaoh was paid basically by the, the, the priests around the pharaoh right like down to the builders and laborers etc and then the slaves below them were fed and, and so on it, and even had unions uh, and complaint departments for the for the different laborers and the builders in Egypt so it was a socialist system based on a hereditary hierarchy of nobility which was called the proper order And that hasn't changed till today. Uh, It's still this goal towards what they claim is the proper order. Uh, That came out in Weishaupt's books, and he was only one person in history that popped his head up. In Bavaria, with the Illuminati, there were many other branches of the same thing all over Europe before he came along and that they still exist today but going back to I say, to the days of Socrates and even before Socrates we, we find that with Pythagoras, uh, Pythagoras did the same thing, he trained in Egypt um, they would do a high initiation there after many years, 20 years sometimes and then they go to India and then they go to the Middle East, uh, what we now call the Palestine area and then they go back home and start off these secret societies, the schools.
0: And they, they possessed uh, esoteric, arcane knowledge uh-huh. uh, and what, what they were trying to do is create their own sort of uh, uh-huh. uh, intelligentsia, nobility, uh, scientific dictatorship.
1: Yeah, they truly believed and Plato put this quite clearly in the Republic, the book that he wrote. In the Republic, he he's pictured the perfect world state uh, where you would have the guardian class. Now I think it already existed when he wrote it, and that's how he knew about it. And the guardian class were were uh, very interbred for specific qualities of off rulership. And beneath them, they had a helping class. They that could by that selective breeding, if they were given a wife from the from the guardian class breed their offspring up into the guardian class, and it's strange today, because even in very high Freemasonry, the same thing happens if you work towards the great work, as it's called, you'll be introduced to your future wife.
0: Uh, yeah, I want to get back to the Freemasonry uh, subject a little bit later, time permitting, because something I didn't know that I learned from you is that there are, it's not just, you know, 30, 33 degrees, there's
2: 360 degrees. That's right, yeah.
0: Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, I mean, there's a whole uh, treasure trove of uh, fascinating information. I mean, you talk about eugenics and, and all of that, mm-hmm. how that ties in with uh, Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy. It's unbelievable. But uh, uh, the 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 agenda here, uh, I'm a little confused because you know, you are talking about uh, uh, this you know, this, these secret societies, the early renditions. But I'm, I'm not sure what they were trying to overthrow because a lot of this stuff doesn't it predate even the concept
1: of individuality. It does, it does. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. It didn't begin in Egypt. Uh, we certainly have all the proof that a lot of it came from Egypt when it was established. But really, it, it, even from Sumer, the days of Sumer, uh, the fascinating thing is that about 5,000 BC, when Sumer came along, it didn't evolve as a society. It already had its priesthoods and. dealt with the trading and and, uh, exporting and everything, Uh, right down to land management. um, These were civilizations which had got it from a much earlier time. And that's what staggers the mind, is to realize it predates what we're given as the beginnings of civilization. It came from a previous time.
0: Uh, Okay, but it it sounds like, you know, that they were trying to, I mean, the ultimate
1: archaeology and you look around the world and travel around the world and you see the standing stones uh, all over the place in different countries even in Australia and uh, what starts to form is a picture of a a unified world at at a previous age Uh, definitely where there were solar and stellar and lunar uh, religions on the go that seems to have been part of it and for some reason either didn't complete it and they do hint at that in the ancient writings Something happened, some kind of cataclysm. It could be natural, who knows, or man-made. And uh, they lost it. And it seems to be almost uh, a, a, a long movement to reproduce that same global society.
0: When did they lose it? Was it the invention of the printing press that, that created the concept of the individual and that would gave rise to the nation state? Is, is that where where the these secret societies sort of temporarily, at least, lost control of the masses?
1: No, I think they lost it a, a long, long time ago. Prior to that, I know what you mean by by the, the printing press in the, the Middle Ages. Um, that, in fact, the printing press really exacerbated mass movements, not really individualistic thinking as such. It uh, created mass movements and the socialist movements, which were used as the antithesis of of the of the, the capitalist system.
0: But they, I mean, they do. Despise the concept of a nation state, do they it, not? Because yeah. re- only within a nation state can the can the individual presumably be protected. I mean, they want to go mm-hmm. back to the days of of of, of the fief- the fiefdom mm-hmm. and the, and you know the, the the king and the nobility, correct?
1: That's right. And in fact, really, before um, before Rome came in. Uh, um, Prior to Christianity into Europe, uh, Rome tried to create nations uh, from tribes, and that was taken over later on by the Norman invasion in Europe uh, and into England and so on. And why would they do
0: that? Well, you know what? We've got to take a time out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm uh, trying to follow you, Alan. You're uh, a much wiser man than I am, and your grasp of history is absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, but some of what you're saying sort of flies mm-hmm. in the face of my own interpretation, which mm-hmm. is way off-base, so I'll get you to clarify when we come back. Alan Watt, Cutting Through the Matrix. here on AM640 Toronto Radio. Alan Watt, my guest, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Now, Alan, before the break,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, we were talking about, you, you mentioned Rome, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creating, sort of uniting these tribes and mm-hmm. uh, creating some nations or states. And... um to me, though, the idea of, of a nation state is really an anathema to mm-hmm. the, the new world order. So I'm confused here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the nation state is part of, of the. It's the same as communism. They had to unite countries into one big block in order to give them a common culture um, and a centralized government, because that's what comes out of the nation state: is centralization of government and law and regulation and of course the, the tax base as well so it can flow from all over a country once you give it borders uh, all flows to the center and uh, they can rule from the center it's difficult to rule over different independent tribes
0: uh, true although i mean a true nation uh, a true nation is is an extension of of the tribe which is an extension of the family right i mean
1: so not really i'll tell you because um uh, even, even the british commonwealth uh, uh, and, and long before the British Commonwealth came along with this technique was used even ancient times, uh, especially in the Middle East where a conqueror would come in and move whole populations off, their, off the land and move them somewhere else and mix them in with others too and then of course after a hundred years when they were released there'd be uh, maybe five, six different cultures mixed together into a new tribe so, so the, the technique of creating a, a people for a nation is very old and had have done it in Canada, same thing.
0: Right. I just never thought of it as part of the conspiracy because when you look at the, what the the, the globalists are, are are doing right now, if we go back to the early nineties with mm-hmm. Clinton uh, and, and 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 NATO uh-huh. uh, disassembling uh, Yugoslavia, uh-huh. uh, or you know going into uh, Iraq uh, and separating the Shiites and the the, the Kurds and the Sunnis, mm-hmm. or the the whole. Uh, dissolution of the Soviet Union mm-hmm. as part of maybe Brzezinski's grand chess game. So mm-hmm. it, it, right now it seems like they're all about destroying the nation-state, but, mm-hmm. th- but they're doing sort of both simultaneously. You see, it doesn't
1: matter when they, when they take, the, take the traditional uh, overlords down. Uh, they've already created a common culture across a good part of Europe, and that was, just, that was the ex-Soviet Union. They all now have exactly the same system in education, bureaucracies, laws, and so on so they've been standardized and, and that's the key to it wherever they go with the, the globalism they're actually standardizing it into the one system worldwide is that what's really
0: uh, behind uh, the uh the the uh project for a new American century in the Middle East is Uh when they talk about bringing democracy
1: Uh uh, to the Middle
0: East. What's really at play
1: there? It's it's exactly that. It's standardization. They can't have the odd man out anywhere on the planet uh, for this new world order. And um, remember, George Bush Sr. was the first one to mention the the new world order openly. And he said it on uh, September the 11th, 1990. And then the following year on September the 11th, 1991. And then uh, ten years later you have the, the, the 9-11 uh, on September the 11th. These guys know what they're doing. And uh, the, the American uh, group that uh, Bush and, Br- and uh, Brzezinski and a whole bunch of them and Cheney belonged to is called Project for a New American Century. Uh, they published what their, 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 they wanted to do, their plans, back in the early 90s, 92.
0: Yeah, I, Brzezinski in, in uh, I think it was the Grand Chess.
1: That's right.
0: talked about how uh, in order for these for the for the globalists or the New World Order to achieve this massive cultural change, mm-hmm. political change, they needed another Pearl Harbor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think to get the American people behind them, yeah.
0: And that was 9-11. Mm-hmm.
1: And so they, they, they wrote about that in the 90s. They published a second report, updated it on ninety eight. Uh, Brzezinski brought his book out on in ninety eight, and then th- they get their wish on September eleventh.
0: And 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 Brzezinski talked about. I mean, he he raked out the actual order of the invasions. Okay. Yep. First to start with Afghanistan. This is ninety two or ni- uh, ninety two mm-hmm. uh, projects for a new American century. Yep. Itemizing the, the laundry list mm-hmm. it's a laundry list first we go with the, in Afghanistan then comes Iraq then Iran and then Syria mm-hmm. so we're, they're really following the script along here quite nicely
1: absolutely and that's why they get away with it it seems so it's so audacious but knights are bold remember and bold means audacious
0: that's, you know what that's the, the biggest problem uh, when you're trying to convince somebody this stuff is going on they always say well then if they were really trying
1: to do this why are they being so open about it how do you respond mm-hmm. to that uh, it's a form of legality, in a sense. Whatever they do, they do tell you. You always find it published somewhere, even if it's tucked away in a library. It's not pushed by the major media as a bestseller to write a book about it. And most of the big boys do write books, their own books. Or you can read about it in, in uh, Foreign Affairs, the quarterly of the CFI. Yeah. And it's be- because the, they have created, since the early 1900s, their, their plan was to create a society that accepted that it was being well-managed. Uh, a domesticated society. Uh Bertrand Russell, who was a lord, Lord Bertrand Russell, um, wrote about that um, in a couple of or well, about six of his books. between you find it in Roads to Freedom, where they, they planned a society run by experts and those best fitted for the jobs. Which I echoed Weishaupt's statement too. And um veteran Russell said that eventually a woman would be able to change a diaper without being uh, taught by an expert. And we have that society today. We can't think for ourselves. We're being managed and uh and well managed we think. And so most people uh seem to uh, step out of their own uh, destiny creation and allow them themselves to be managed from the top, from, but these unseen people that they'd never meet.
0: What's the earliest delusion you could find, uh, whether it's uh, from a Bertrand Russell? I mean, the, the idea of, uh, for example, in first we invaded Afghanistan, then Iraq, then Iran. I mean, mm-hmm. does that predate the project of a new American century? Does, does H.G. Wells write about that? Does, does uh, Bertrand Russell
1: talk about that? Uh, Wells did. We're it uh-huh.
0: vast and humane, interwoven, interactive, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. And he tells Deal, you know, you get up on your little 21-inch screen and you howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There's only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont and Dow and Union Carbide. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? Ah. Ha! That pretty well sums it up, uh, doesn't it, uh, Alan, in terms of, you know, when we're old men, those of us who think in, think in terms of uh, uh, left and right and, and them and us and, and the third world and, the, and, uh, and uh, the United States. We're old men. The world doesn't work that way. There is no West. There is
1: no yeah. left and right. Yeah, that is a fact. And H.G. Uh, Wells did write more non-fiction books than he wrote fictional books. And in one of his books, he called it The Open Conspiracy. Meaning, you could find the works if you want the library. In fact, and he outlined the whole plan for a, a, a world society, a centralised government, and um, a planned society run by experts, and uh, and basically a breeding program. Uh, his favourite author, again, was Plato. It uh, was the first book that he ever read, and he reread it many times through his life. Uh, where they would, they, see Plato said that the it's, you know the its were the common people. Uh, they would be bred, uh, interbred specifically for the types of jobs they had to do. And he said, look at the animals. He says we can domesticate the animals. And and uh, if we want a, a particular dog uh, for for a hunting, he won't be too aggressive, but he'll be a good hunter. He says we can do the same with people. We can, uh, marry a specific type male with a, a tall woman to be, um, if want treat, uh, apple pickers and squat guys with little short wives to, and they'll breed offspring, they'll be minors and they could even breed in and out any aggressive or passive qualities just like we do with, uh, with, with dogs. So they understood eugenics and, and breeding uh, thousands of years ago. Uh,
0: but in order to uh, achieve this, you've got you've to control uh, the masses lest they rebel. You've got to placate them mm-hmm. and create this illusion that they actually have free will, that they can vote mm-hmm. There's the left and a right. Talk to yeah. us about why uh, this is an illusion and that elections are a complete fraud
1: well the the british government when it transitioned from a feudal system over to the the democratic system and democracy has never truly had a fixed meaning because the first democracy in in, uh, england for instance uh, was for the the large landowners only and that they were generally the members of the aristocracy related to royalty and it it evolved from there but they found that um, people or, or serfs would rebel uh, and become disgruntled every four or five years and and it could it could lead to rebellion. So they came up with the idea of telling you you were free and uh, giving you sites to join parties and that way we think every five years we can change the system for the better and we don't really vote the new guys in, we vote the last bunch out. We're so sick of them. That's how it works.
0: Uh, and and uh, often during an election, you know, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans or here in, in, in Canada the the Conservatives and the Liberals, uh they they appear to be at loggerheads, diametrically opposed, philosophically, uh, very, very different. But once they're elected, for example, here in Ontario we had uh uh you know, an N D P uh government uh back in the old Ray days mm-hmm. and, and you know it doing things that you might expect maybe from a conservative government, or you have a conservative government doing things that Uh seem quite uh, socialistic. So it's the idea of a left and a right, I mean, it is very, uh, it's an illusion, isn't it? I mean, it's it's one one party.
1: It implicates the people. Uh, they tend never to change parties either, or uh, the voters. They, they stick to something that their dad stuck with, according to the class you're born in. And yes, we do have classes, you know. It's, it's, all, it's never discussed much, but we do. And, um, and this is the game that's played on and off. However, H.G. Wells, when the League of Nations was first formed, uh, put out a book about it. And uh, he said this is the end, of, of really, of the old system of politics. He said it will survive for many years to come. So For the CFR, which is just the American branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Uh, Commonwealth countries have institutes of international affairs. We have the Canadian Institute for International Affairs. And so it's already a global system of big, uh, powerful people behind the scenes who are non-elected throughout the world who belong to these uh, societies. And from his records, the historical records of that council, uh, he gives you an alternate version of history uh, starting around the 1500s. And and I'd agree with that too from my own studies. That's when the push was on for for a world society to be based basically or loosely on the British system, although they knew at the time they'd have to hand the torch over to America to take over uh, later on. So it quickly documents a lot of that in the Anglo-American establishment. It's, It's worth a read.
0: All right, uh Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix dot com. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me uh grab some calls here while time permits and we'll start with Vincent. Vincent, you're on the air. Welcome to AM six forty. Hey, welcome sir. oh, let me uh, try switching here. What did I do here? Let's try this. Alan uh Vincent, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. You're on the line with Alan Watt.
2: Okay. Um I just want to ask a pretty simple question. Um it's not a lot worse with the uh diplomatic um wrangling between the Iranians and the Americans. I'm just wondering, um do you guys think or have any idea if the Americans will actually attack the Iranians in terms of their program and what will it be in terms of or more global conflict?
1: Alan, you wanna handle
2: that one?
1: Mm, yeah, I I think that'll be used as an excuse for sure. And uh, maybe Iran's already been set up for that. Um, the leader of Iran uh, said some amazing things when the biggest army on the planet was next door. Like he was sent down from central casting. Yeah, he'd be a member of the High Brotherhood, I'm sure, because the Iranian people were, were shaking in their boots each time he opened his mouth. And I'm positive the man is, is one of the higher brotherhood. Remember, two of the assassins that were a member, a branch of this high group, uh, had their origins in the Middle East and are still there today.
0: I, uh, thanks for the call. I once uh, heard or read that uh, there's an old saying look under the robe of any mullah and you'll find a union jack.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Can you uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, well, you find that Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, who was sent over, he was trained at Cambridge uh, for his role in life, uh, with many others from there, and sent out as an agent to the Middle East uh, to start off newspapers for propaganda purposes. And then they would they would hire hundreds of locals to go around the bazaars and and the coffee places and listen to the men, discuss the stories in the papers to see if they were having an effect, but they also were were there to try and bribe the the top men and 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 win them over to the the world empire idea that Britain had at the time and but to keep a secret from the people uh, they led
0: uh vincent's uh i guess the central uh question was you know concern for uh, nuclear war breaking mm-hmm. out with uh, Iran and the United States. And I, and I go back to the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the network, uh, piece of dialogue. There are no Russians, mm-hmm. there, are, there are no Arabs, there is no West. Yeah. Uh, in other words, this rhetoric, this sable rattle, mm-hmm. Is it's just that correct? It's, there is yeah. no. We're not going to go to war with the Chinese. I mean, no. There are, there are, <laughs> no. <laughs> we're not going to go to war with the Russians or the Iranians.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, fear and terror is being used at the moment on the populations worldwide. Uh, I was talking to someone from from Norway recently, and they told, and I've been there. I lived there for a while, and. Uh, Nothing happens in Norway, and yet they have the same anti-terrorist bills as every other country has put into place. And um, they're saying, "What's going? Why are we affected with this?" And, and so everyone's been terrorized by their own governments at what's coming down here, supposedly because of 9/11. And um, it, the, the measures they're taking are so extreme; they're beyond what they used in World War Two they want us all ID'd with a new ID card and have published that in the papers and uh, you're right, there are no countries or borders or anything the idea is to change the world and the whole culture uh, as well culture creation is part of the old strategy they give us cultures and they then destroy them when they're, when they're giving us a new one
0: it's all sort of uh, yeah, top-down culture it's,
1: it's, yeah.
0: it's like Pablo, which I guess brings us
1: Satali was basically the Kissinger of Europe. Uh, he spearheaded the Union. Uh, and he said that uh, the next one to go will be uh, the, the American unification. And that uh, it will begin with the borders coming down between the U.S. and Mexico and uh if it, it's to be pandemonium at first, there's floods have come in of immigrants uh and people from south of mexico too and they are coming they are coming through and If it's to also be gangs coming up causing mayhem, and this will cause uh, trouble for a while, but eventually um out of the the chaos they'll bring in their own type of new order uh over the whole of the Americas. It' to be a whole new system when this is over and done with. And, of course, the chaos creation um, is, is all part of it.
0: Yeah, the chaos creation, which is sort of the Hegelian dialectic, or, or uh, you have uh, basically uh, two seemingly opposing factions, but in reality it's just one. It's mm-hmm. The illusion of two opposing uh, factions clashing uh, and,
1: and uh, creating the disease
0: in order to offer the cure.
1: Yes. You, in fact, there's, there's a big movement that was underway years ago in Mexico, and that's spearheading the, the, the moving in to southern U.S. And they call themselves the race. And uh, a whole philosophy and uh, history has been created over the last 50 years for them to believe in that it's their right to do so. And, and you find that high members of these people are funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, they, they fund all of these different groups now th- this falls right into place um, when we see the 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 Dodds Commission that went on in the u s back in the fifties uh, where uh, the Reese Commission and senator dodds was, was was sent to uh, uh, the Ford and Carnegie foundations. These big foundations are primal in the changes that, that uh, take place.
0: They were very open and admitted what they were up to to die. What? Yeah. Know, they basically said, yeah,
1: we're here to, to, to merge the mm-hmm. United States with the Soviet system. I think primarily because people wouldn't believe them. Yeah, people, people, people would not believe it. You know,
0: that's true. This, 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 the, the, the big conspiracy.
1: basically uh, started or, or funded the Bolshevik revolution. We fed them all the way through the Soviet system too. Yet farmers fighting over the grain shipments to Russia and the big handouts from the Canadian government. So uh, this was, we fed them all the way through their whole existence. They could even feed themselves. The and supposed uh, arch enemy uh, of everything that you stood for was being fed by us.
0: And, and before Gorbachev announced Glasnost and Perestroika, and long before he left office, he had set up uh, an office, I believe, in San Francisco.
1: That's right. That's right. It, it, he actually was licensed for it while he was still the, the president of the Soviet Union.
0: And this guy was, you know, supposedly the archenemy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Margaret Thatcher, uh, the tourism across Europe. I think she even brought him up to America as well and uh, all you saw in the papers at the time was all this, these glowing reports about uh, how trendy he was and his, his nice, new, clean, you know, tailor-made suits and how his wife looked and then uh, about two years later it was admitted in the press that they had signed an agreement not to ask any political questions uh, the whole idea was to, to, to build them up in the West so that the West would like them and he did a survey in the U.S. actually after they had done through this propaganda deal with him and his wife and how wonderful he was and uh, they they, they found that 60 odd percent or 70 percent of the public would actually vote for him if he was here
0: (laughs) Alan can I uh, 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 get you to hang on yeah okay I hope I'm not uh interfering with any other of your, your plans I'm no this on you, but uh, if we could get you to hold on after the news we'll continue this discussion I don't know about you but I'm learning a whole lot and mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself immensely sure well, if you are as well if you want to get on board 416-870-6400 the Richard Serrett show and Alan Watt cutting through the matrix on 640 Toronto Radio
3: but you feel it you felt it your entire life that there's something wrong with the world you don't know what it is but it's there like a splinter
0: The email with the dinosaur hunter, Bill Gibbons uh, He will not be with us tonight However, he does have a new phone number And uh, has his telephone situation up and running But uh, he will be with us next week He is a regular contributor to the program uh, Also, I uh, should let you know For those uh, who follow some of the regulars on the program Barry Chamish, one of the foremost Rabin assassination um, researchers And a rogue investigative uh, reporter, journalist uh, recently, uh, on the program after recovering from a mild stroke, well, he has uh, been in hospital again for some 23 days after, uh, he claims, uh, an attempt on his life. Was involved in a, uh, a head-on collision with a car and, um, is planning to, to get the hell out of Israel, uh, with, I believe, his children and uh, tells me he's thinking about moving to Toronto or will be moving to Toronto. He'll be uh, on the program perhaps uh, next week to talk about that uh, chilling development. They're after Barry, whoever they are, we'll find out. All right, Alan Watt stays with us. The uh, the website, www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Alan, uh, let's grab a quick call here before we uh, continue along with our conversation. We welcome Mark to
2: uh, 640. Hello, Mark. Hello, uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much for a great show. Um, my question is, uh, what role do you think the Catholic Church has played in the one Europe uh, scenario that's being played out now in Europe, and uh, religion in general also throughout the ages? Thank you.
0: All right, uh, Alex, did you hear that okay?
1: Yeah. Uh, I have a, a take on all religions, which is a bit different from, from the usual, but I, I really think they all came from the same source. And uh, what staggered me with the Catholic Church was um, Catholic means universal to begin with. And even in the feudal times they saw uh, their world as, as, as one world at that time. Um, their architecture is so incredibly full of, of mystery, religious uh, uh, symbology uh, which is kept from the public. Um, and I, I, was, I was also staggered to find out that the, the color coding of the, the, the Pope right down to the, to the local priest is Pythagorean. Uh, you, you find the different orders going up to the, to the, to the Curia, you know. So uh, I think within all churches there's also, like Albert Pike stated, he said, there's an esoteric side to them which most people don't realize. And that's the same with every religion.
0: So uh, a secret uh, society, a secret religion, masquerading as something entirely different. Now this esoteric knowledge that comes from uh, ancient civilizations, predating ancient Greece, ancient Egypt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this esoteric knowledge. We we just had a report, of course, of this major earthquake in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Does this esoteric knowledge include the power to create and destroy, or to create earthquakes, etc.?
1: Oh yeah, that, that's in the, the treaty they signed uh, with the United Nations in about '78, I think it was. They they signed the treaty on the 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 Harp type technology, electromagnetic pulse, and uh, they have, I think, 54 bases worldwide. One's in Alaska. And they bounce uh, tremendous forces off the ionosphere, and they can hit anywhere on the planet with them. And in the treaty, it said that they promised not to use it to create earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, droughts. Um, or floods, it can cause all those, those effects. Yeah, you <laughs> have to wonder why would they put that in a treaty if they weren't capable of doing it? Yeah, well, exactly. And they it, it did because it's, it's old technology, really. And Tesla. Yeah, it goes way back. In fact, Tesla stopped his experiments on that because he, he was afraid that it could superheat the atmosphere to such an extent that it, that it literally explodes
0: technology, and I know up in the Copper Valley in Alaska, many of us are familiar with that installation, a huge installation of radio towers up there. Mm -hmm. Um, But what else are they using it for? Uh, Are they using it for uh, mind control purposes? How would that work?
1: Okay, well, that's also part of it. They they tested it out on the people of Maine uh, a few years back. And uh, the, the police were in on it, um, the military of course, uh, the hospital uh, supervisors were in on it. They were to report all effects that had on the public. And they found that by altering the frequencies they could cause tremendous mood swings. From uh, deep depression, they, they got the highest amount of suicides it ever had before during that phase. Then they, they turned it to a different frequency and they caused aggression. Uh, amongst people, drivers, uh, domestic squabbles uh, skyrocketed, and even domesticated animals that were very tame and happy became violent. So the, that's an easy thing to cause with it by, by putting on a secondary signal on top of uh, on the, the carrier signal, basically. So mood swings and alterations are very easy to to affect with it. Uh, the British newspapers did admit uh, that it was used in the, the first Gulf War on all those soldiers you saw coming up, uh, looking very stunned, thousands of them, uh, very, very stunned, almost hypnotized. Uh, they said that they'd used them on those people there.
0: Is there a, uh, a connection between harp uh, and m
1: Yeah, I think it was Heller who, who came across with the H-bomb was the first one to to write about the use of uh, uh, metallic particles in the atmosphere to make it more uh, conducive to uh, electricity, make it almost like a circuit, you might say.
0: That would explain the aluminum oxide.
1: Uh, yeah, and barium, he suggested aluminum oxide, barium okay. and, and titanium and copper. I've got a report here that was done in the States because my dog was eating the snow last year and uh, it was Final so you had concentrated snow there Down to a few inches And uh, she wasn't the only one Different people had dogs too That died after eating the snow They all know.
0: Is that how it works, though? That an Alex Jones is created in order cr- to create the illusion that they're, you know, or to placate? It's always been like that. In
1: fact, Albert Pike said, um, whenever the people need a hero, we shall supply him. And this is another part of the technique they've done all down through the ages. They they always give us our leaders, the Pied Pipers, and the leaders in circles, and and they always lead us to an ending we we never suspected.
0: But some of them are legit, are they not? I mean, do Alex Jones, Uh, uh, world order? A technique
1: of um, uh, control is to terrify the public. (laughs) And if you listen to maybe 10 minutes of Alex, or 15 minutes... Uh, you'd to underneath your kitchen table quivering with fear because it'll hit you like a machine gun. Oh,
0: well, yeah, he talks about American gulags. And, and oh,
1: yeah, and 50 minutes, it's hit 50 different things out to you. Yeah, but th- but uh-huh. there is a lot to be fearful of. It's fearful, but it's a way of presentation. But in Tavistock, they found the same techniques to be used in the First World War. That's why Tavistock was set up. And they used these techniques over the BBC radio uh, to, to terrify the public, the CFR or the Royal Institute of International Affairs used it f- to do the build-up of World War II. And he had these people on who taught rapid fire, and um, uh, they would hit you with all these coming scenarios that Hitler was going to do to you. And Carl Quigley mentions that in his book, uh, the Anglo-American Establishment, that the CFR and Royal Institute met. Uh, about five years before World War II, they, had, they were the big newspaper boys, too. They owned the, the newspapers, and they decided at that meeting to terrorize the public so that when the war started, the public would give a fire release that something was actually happening.
0: Okay, we'll uh, take a time out. Uh, I, I do want to talk about the Tavistock Institute. It's a fascinating area. I also want to ask him, he, how do I know I'm not a useful fool for the New World mm-hmm. Order? People often ask me, you know, if there's a really a conspiracy out there, why do they allow people like you on the air? Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't yeah. really have an answer for them. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Alan Watt does, and we'll get to that when The Richard Therich Show continues on AM640
3: Toronto Radio. A little clarity. Shocked, angered, or amazed at what you're hearing? Give us a call, 416-870-6400. On cell, star 640. The Richard Serrett Show on AM640 Toronto Radio. Am I a useful fool
0: for the New World Order? Why is this program on the air? Why am I not uh, doing an internet-only radio station or on shortwave radio? This is owned by a a publicly traded company, this radio station. It's a big company. Maybe some of the uh, board of directors have a secret handshake why am I on the air Alan Why? why am I allowed to be on the air am I a useful fool uh,
1: I don't know what other uh, shows you normally do um, it will depend if, if you mix it up with uh, the new age you know because um, what I've found is that when you're trying to tell people what's really happening uh, you're in a circus of the new age and uh, one of the shows that was on in fact uh, two days after me they had a, a guy who a you not, he sold helmets that would guarantee were not abducted by aliens you know well, I, so, I, so, I, so you're, you're, I, you're sort of put into that category where nothing's real anymore so it's diffused okay well yeah. I
0: mean I, I have to admit I, I do a pretty broad show in terms of I mean it's, I mean, it's mainly about conspiracies adults I touch on the paranormal and mm-hmm. I have people about their experiences. I I reserve judgment on a lot of this stuff. I mean, I I don't consider myself Mm -hmm. uh, to be an authority on any of these things. I'm more of a conduit, and I'm giving... Mm -hmm. Now, let's face it, part of the programming is is about entertainment. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is an attempt to search for some objective truth. I don't pretend to know what that is entirely. I have... Some very strong suspicions that, uh, you know, uh, well, more than that, I'm convinced that 9-11 was an inside job, mm-hmm. uh, etc. But when it, when it comes to uh, UFOs or or uh, uh, life after death, uh, visitations, these sorts of things, I reserve judgment. So, I don't know, where, where does that place, stand, Inspector?
1: I don't know how, how heavily you go into it, because some of them, uh, well, probably some of the big ones, in fact, it's primarily all New Age. Once in a while, they'll get a guy like me on and I'm just one little voice in the wilderness amongst all, all of the channelers and space aliens, etc. So it becomes bizarre. It it, uh, it uh One discredits the other. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Because all you're trying to do is to tell them what's really going on in the world. Now, I'm not saying there's not things beyond all of this, but um, I know the purpose of the whole New Age. I've studied that closely. And from its beginnings, when they said they would push it, and uh, he certainly did push it, and that was everywhere. It's a new type of religion for a new type of society. Um And even Gorbachev remarked on it uh, in his book, uh, Towards a New Beginning. Uh, he said that we are creating... He says, I am an atheist, he said. But it is I am helping to create uh, a new world religion which is based on earth worship.
0: All right, let's go back to the phones, and we welcome John to uh, AM640. John? uh, hi. You're on the
2: line with Alan Watt. Go ahead. Hi, uh, yes. Um, uh, on the, uh, the person that emailed the, the comment or the question or whatever about Alex Jones and about placating um, uh, towards the um, uh, New World Order, um, uh, I was going to say about that. I know Alex Jones, um, a lot of his stuff, I mean, he shows you even, like, mainstream documentation. Um, uh, to back up his stuff. Now, when he goes into, for example, stuff about showing about all the different freedoms being lost, in particular right now in the U.S., um, uh, well, that, I'm thinking, could be, like, useful for the Illuminati even, because... Um, uh, if people eventually wake up, say, in the U.S. to see a bunch of freedoms being lost, and that helps bring down that that government, which is a public government, which the ultimate uh, puppet, cares over top anyways, um, uh, plus the fact that it, the New World Order plan calls for the U.S. to um, fall for the rise of the New World Order. So people waking up to freedoms, they're being lost anyways, falling, helps the rise of a one world government, um, uh, the, the New World Order, Then, and since that Phoenix falling and the New Phoenix coming out of Ashes, and that's part of their plan, that could help it there. And uh, also there's, um, uh, when Alex Jones talks about the Founding Fathers, um, uh, he talks about them as if they were signing in freedom, when I think they were probably just um, playing a game to be able to set up a... Um, uh, a vehicle for the Illuminati to use to bring on their New World Order. Um, uh, and in order to do that, they had to put up, um, like, this, draw well, the Constitution to be able to get it going and stuff. Although, so I guess, yeah, basically those are my couple of comments.
0: Alright, pretty, uh, stuff there. I'm trying to figure out how to use it. John, how, or Alan, do you want to, uh, do you want to that? Yeah,
1: yeah, well, um, Oh, what is interesting, I mean, so the United States was created to do exactly what it's doing today. That's the, the, the Novus Ordo Seclorum. The, the new earthly or secular order or worldly order. And Benjamin Franklin, in his own memoirs, Uh, and uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote about uh, this they said that this would be the the beginning of a federation of world states which would eventually be under one single world government run by 12 wise men and they wrote that themselves so I, I really do believe that that was the function of the United States. And um, we, an interesting thing, too, is to find uh, that Rudyard Kipling, one of the highest masons, who, again, was a front man for the British government, uh, he came over to the United States, and, and he, that was for the first time he read his poem to do with the white man's burden. And he said, we pass the torch on to you so the u.s. was designed to take over from america from britain
0: uh, and um, once you, you talk about uh, passing the torch from britain to the united states and now it seems that the uh... the uh... the script has uh... The united states destined to collapse once mm. it fully complete its mission yep. to perhaps spread uh, democracy so-called to the mm. Middle East etc
1: and then hand the, tab- the, the torch to whom? To um. Well, from the Council of Foreign Relations meetings in the Andro Institute of International Affairs, I have their books going back to the 1930s.